0: Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. My name is Peter Englert. I am here with our illustrious producer Dan Austin and then our experienced where do you wanna go with that? Does, Fantastic. Does that, old? does that mean old? No. Oh, okay. I mean I mean I'm experienced. Okay. Does that make me old? Well, a little. A little. Okay. To our listeners, probably. <laughs> yeah. Our co-host, John Maya, we are here today with Shelby Keys. We flew her in all the way from the great city of Boston, Massachusetts. Go Yankees. And uh, today... the Go the, Bills. There you go. Uh, today, the question is, why does God want us to be curious? So that was a question she picked. I was going to title this episode, Why Does Shelby Have So Many Questions? So she's an actual listener. She's yeah. probably like when we think about... The questions we ask, we tried to think about the questions Shelby asked, so, asked. so this is going to be a little different. We're going to have some fun with it. John, do you have any thoughts before we get started?
1: Uh, I'm excited to have Shelby here. We had a great combo ahead of time. Uh, you know, as you and I were coming up with this podcast idea way back in the day, I don't know how many years ago was that now? Three,
0: 2019.
1: Yeah, 2019. We were, we were kind of saying to ourselves, it was a meeting in Starbucks, and we were like, how about if we were... Provided a space where people could just ask Questions and we were doing our best to engage in these questions that people really have about life and about faith And what would that be like and and so I feel like in a sense what we're doing here today is Kind of returning right back to those roots in a really healthy way and this is exciting for me This is what I love doing just having conversations with people so
0: so Shelby before I throw it to you this is like full disclosure like so when guests come on our podcast, I go, hey, so think about this. There's a guy named Greg Keys, <laughs> who's in his 20s and he has questions about life. And then sometimes I go, there's, there's a woman named Shelby Keys. That's who you're talking to. So you are like our target audience. I just want to throw that out there.
2: I love it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here.
0: Well, there we go. Hey, why don't you tell us about your story? Uh, give us a little background, what you're up to, and you know we'll, we'll dive right in.
2: Yeah, no, sounds good. Um, yeah, so, you know, grew up here in the area, back in in my hometown, getting back to my roots, and grew up in the church and, you know, in college kind of stepped away, you know, from the church. You know, as somebody who, you know, had parents involved in the church, you know, I wanted to kind of find my own path and rediscover God for myself and what that meant. Um, you know, it was one of those things where you never asked maybe a lot of questions out loud when you're in the church or never took time to really dive deep and explore the faith for yourself. And so in college was that was really a time of exploration for me. And when I graduated, you know, I ended up moving, there was a lot of change, ended up, you know, kind of staying connected to the church community but not really, you know, would show up to church Maybe once a month, um, but I had moved to Boston, and Boston was a city where, believe it or not, there weren't a lot of churches or easy access to churches. So, I took some time off, you know, from God, so to speak. Um, and lately, have started to dive back into the faith and the church and what that means uh, to me. So, I appreciate you guys having me on here. It's awesome to have the opportunity to ask questions that maybe I've never really gotten the chance to ask as I reconnect with God Mm -hmm. I
0: want to back up before we go into more of your story because I think I don't hear this from you but like in high school you said I wasn't asking questions and so a lot of times church leaders they think we just need to inundate Shelby in high school (laughs) with information Um, but I guess I didn't hear that you were angry with faith i didn't hear that you were upset with faith it almost sounds more neutral what was happening in high school spiritually as you look back at it now
2: yeah i think there was a lot of internal turmoil um to be honest but it's kind of like i was a blind follower right your parents said go to church do xyz um, you know, you were scared that if you stepped away, you know, that you no longer had access to God mm. and His kingdom, and so it was kind of like, "All right, do the thing, follow, everything will be okay." And you're like, "Yeah, sure, okay, you know, I'm going to go along and, and do all these things." But um, yeah, as you become older and you, you become an adult and you have more of that freedom, you realize, "Hey, it's it's okay to ask." questions you know and and i have the choice now to do what i want to do right i don't have to go to church on sunday Mm -hmm. if i don't want to because mom and dad say you know we're all going to church as a family it's the it's the thing to do um and yeah i don't think i was ready you know i don't place it on my leaders as any fault to them you know i just don't think i was ready to really reflect and ask the questions that i needed to you know what does this mean for me um Why you know as as we're on this podcast? Why God? Why you know? Why Mm -hmm. does God say certain things? Or um, why am I why am I doing this? And I really started to question the older that I got.
0: Well, before we jump into more, I think that that's great. Why don't you just kind of fill us in where you are spiritually, and then I think that's a great segue for John and I to have a lot of fun. Sounds good. Yeah, this is, this is great.
1: I'm just having a great time. Yeah, go for
2: it. No, it's it's a great question. You know, I think spiritually right now, you know, I believe in God. I believe in his son, Jesus. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. Like, you know, I've read the Bible, you know, I believe the message, but I have a lot of questions, mm. um, you know, as I explore my own faith, you know, it's like, okay, I believe in God, but why have a relationship with God why put in the effort mm. to have a relationship with God? Why go to church, right? Why why do the things that, that I did all throughout high school? So it's I'm at this crossroads between like just believing and then taking it a step further and really investing, right? There's mm-hmm. a difference between just kind of, yep, checking the box and now actually, you know, taking that relationship. Further and having a meaningful relationship with God, Um, you know, I will say there were times where the church—I was hurt by the church too—and I'm now realizing that you know the church is filled with imperfect humans. That was something I never realized. You know, I I was like, oh, you know, we're all Christians; we should all—we're sinners. I, you know, I understood that in high school, but I was like, we should try our best to be, you know, great, and God forbid, you know, we saw anyone in the church do. A, a, you know, let's say a wrongful act, right, or, mm. or sin, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, the the end of the world for me as a high schooler, and I'm like, no, the church is, is full of imperfect people. I've realized that, um, as is the world, and we have to, you know, give people grace and compassion. So. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so cool. I love your story, Shelby, and I love how you're, you're just honest with, with who you are and where you're coming from. I, I, as I hear you talk, one of the questions that comes to my mind is why go back? Like, like what, what internally was happening that you said, man, I really want to go back again. I want to check this out. I want to experiment again. You know, like what, what was happening inside that brought you to that, that point?
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question. And I think This is my first time reflecting on that. Um, It's funny because my husband and I, we bought a place in Maine. And this was in like the thick of my bodybuilding. You know, we're at a Planet Fitness (laughs) across the way from this church in Maine. And my husband looks over and he's like, hey, we should go and check out that church when we're done here. Just like, you know, out of the blue. Um, And I'm like, sure. Okay, um, you know, you'd have to ask him you know why, why you wanted to do that. And so we go over there. We meet a woman, and everyone was super welcoming, um, almost overly over the top. So I'm like, I'm just looking to kind of sneak in, get some information. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're connected with ten people, you know, at the church, which which is great. Maybe maybe a little overwhelming for you know first timers, but I'm like, well, this is the uh, the Christian way. You yeah. know, super welcoming. I've been to churches like this before, and they were like, yeah, we're we're a non-denominational Christian church. Um, she's like, I actually go to the CrossFit gym next to Planet Fitness, and my husband and I have been cross fitters for 10 years. So she's like, come to CrossFit, and then we can go to church together. And um, so we just we got connected, you know, to this church. And, you know, again, there was nothing really pressing, you know, I, I I don't have this, you know, crazy story of like, oh, I hit rock bottom or anything like that. It was just like, you know, I know, when I go to church, I, I feel better internally. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like I have a better moral compass. I'm, I'm more patient. I'm more kind. Um, you know, I, I have less anger, you know, all these things that, you know, you, that, that make you feel like a a good human being, so Mm. to speak. Um, but you also just, I feel like can't put into words. Um, and I'm like, I don't think this is just the placebo effect, you know, something's going on here. So, yeah, I think it was just kind of, we were looking to get a little bit of that moral compass back. Um, and we knew what it felt like when we had been connected to God.
0: Yeah. So uh, we actually have like a studio audience here. So Adam, you know, your husband's here. Yep. When Adam said, let's go back to church and you've identified you've been hurt by the church, mm-hmm. you know, what was it about this year at Planet Fitness in Portland that you said, sure, why not?
2: Great question, (laughs) great question, Peter. Um, You know, I am one that believes in multiple chances Mm. and it had been a while since we'd been connected. And so I think this time, like I said, I was like, I knew how I felt, you know, when I was going to church, and that's God, right? Like, that's God. Like the, uh, Yes, I've been hurt by the church, but I was hurt by people within the church. Mm-hmm. And I could have asked, like, why, you know, why, God, you know, why did you do this? Um, but again, I'm a, I'm a believer in forgiveness and chances. And I think I knew deep down that it, it wasn't God's fault that mm. I was hurt. It was an imperfect human, you know, that that's why I was hurt that, you know, maybe sinned or, or didn't meet my expectations, whatever it was. So I said, sure, let's, let's check it out. Um, and it's been a wonderful experience so far, and we're just getting reconnected. This is yeah. like this all happened uh, and transpired like two months ago. That's
1: mm-hmm. amazing. That's that's so cool. Like the the freshness of it. Like I'm sitting across a table from you, watching you, and I I love the freshness that's in your voice. And I think the word that I'm that keeps coming to my mind as I hear you talk is there's some sort of hope that's right. in you. It, it seems like you're hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Like is, well is said. That, yep. Is that describe what's happening underneath the surface a little bit? Like there's, you
2: feel
0: more hope.
2: Yeah, 100. Yeah. percent Yeah, I think definitely well said. Mm-hmm. Um, hit the nail on the head. <laughs> very, very hopeful. Yeah, that's good. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, uh, you know, John and I tend tend to be more feelers. You're kind of like, hey, let's go. So as I hit my phone on here. <laughs> so um, without further ado we're going to let you kind of run, you know, where do you want to go next? You got some spiritual questions and we're just going to, we might push back on you. You're definitely going to push back on us. So (laughs) let's have some fun.
2: Yes. No, this is awesome. Um, Again, I appreciate your taking time to answer my questions um, now that I have them and I have a safe space to ask them.
0: You and a couple thousand (laughs) listeners, no big deal.
2: Well, no, I think it's important to dive into these questions because a lot of us do have these questions that maybe maybe they don't have a clear answer or we feel silly for asking them. Um, And and I will be totally transparent that even though, you know, I grew up in the church, it's been a little bit since I've dove into the Bible. And so I I certainly um, don't know it, you know, like as well, like the back of my hand or as well as you guys probably do. Um, so it's helpful to dive into the material that, you know, these verses that were taught as kids that so easily, you know, escape us. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited. So I guess, you know, question number one, Yeah. Um, starting way back at the, at the beginning, okay. you know, I'm curious, I've always wondered, you know, why did God create Adam? You know, why did he start creation in general, here here on Earth, when he could have, if he was, you know, bored or lonely, I, I don't know. Does God does God get bored or lonely? Uh, when he could have just created, you know, man up in heaven, you know, with him or started a kingdom up in heaven, you know, why go through all this trouble to create mankind and then sin and then send his son? You know, it, it was it seems like a very complex stepwise process that. Could have been simplified
1: Hmm.
0: go ahead
2: man
1: (laughs) (laughs) well first of all uh there's been like volumes of books written about that so um i will do my darndest but you know peter can jump in there too bottom line is there's a mystery to this you and i were talking about this ahead of time like there's some things that we we can speak fairly intelligently about but underneath it all there's there's going to be some mystery that we hold in tension like why did god do this Hmm. I don't know. So so, you know, I can give you the the catechism church answer. He did it for his glory. Okay, that sounds kind of, you know, very churchy. Right. And what (laughs) does that even mean? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like what is like I as a kid, I've heard these things and I'm like, what does that what does that mean? Like for his glory, like that kind of a thing. But I think what it gets to the bottom of. So. God this shows us something about God what you're describing in 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 even your own experience of pulling away and then coming back again it's this sense of of God wants that for us he wants his creation to be able to interact with him in a way that isn't just like a bunch of robots but like this is their choice and and i want them to have a choice between doing their own thing or following me and there's something intrinsic in that that he wants us to have and I think that's that's love right because you can't truly love somebody or somebody can't truly express their love for you if they don't have a choice right and so God in in the mystery of all of this for some reason he set it up so that humanity had a choice so that you know, this, there's this choice in the spiritual realm as well, in that that our choice is: do we want to follow him? Do we want to be there with him? Um, just like a, a marriage would be, you know, like do I want to make this commitment to this person? Oh, Forever is a long time, you know, and um, and so there this choice, this driven by love. And I think if I could distill it down into one word, that's how I would describe it is love. Like God loves us so much that he wanted to to create humanity and then for humanity have a choice to follow him or not to follow him.
0: So when I get your first like um, so listeners like Shelby sent me like an Instagram message with like 20 questions. <laughs> yeah. And so like I was reading them all and like your first question is definitely, I think, a theme for most of your other questions. Yep. So I let John answer so that I can ask you this question. Like, it seems like one of your biggest struggles with Christianity is this idea of free will. And I think one of your Instagram messages to me, you're like, if God knows what's right, and this is so you, if God knows what's right, why doesn't he just, you know, like just tell everybody, do what's right. Just go do it. Like I was about to say, like slap you across the head. Just go do it, you know. So I, I guess I'm trying to get behind this, you know, question about free will and why that's so important to you.
2: Yeah. And I, I hear both of you, you know, when you say, okay, you know, God wants us to choose him, you know, hearing it out loud, I'm like, okay, that makes sense as to why God doesn't just, you know, slap us across the face, so Mm -hmm. to speak and say, you know, go, go and do that. Right. He wants us to have a choice. And I guess the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around is, you know, and again, maybe it goes back to, to choosing him as to why he gives us, you know, free will. But my biggest question is, is there really free will to begin with in mm. general, right? Like mm. I'm I'm all for God giving us a choice. That's great. Cause, you, cause you're right. I'm very independent and, and I want to make my own choices, but how much of a choice do I actually have if God already knows what's going to happen, you know, or who I'm going to end up with, or if I'm going to end up choosing him um, and I might be wrong right that that's why I'm here correct me if I'm wrong because you know what I was taught growing up or how I at least interpreted it was that God knows all right he knows what's going to happen you know before XYz so I'm like okay so God knows probably that I'm going to go back to him potentially you know at, at what stage in my journey I I don't know I don't know where this is you know new newfound you know kind of rediscovery of God in this relationship is going to go um, but he does so it's like did I really have a choice if he already knows what's going to happen mm. yeah that's a
0: lot to think about um, <clears throat> I'm going to go a little nerdy on you um, so <laughs> go for it <laughs> so for some reason like I'm hugely fascinated with IBM right now so I grew up two blocks from where IBM started. And for listeners that don't know, you could probably like fast forward through this part, but basically, (laughs) basically IBM a lot like Kodak made all these inventions. Like you study the history, like they actually made windows before windows came out. Like they were the pioneers of computers, but they actually like held all these inventions back. And like, I mean our Rochester friends will know this like Kodak actually designed the digital camera yep. or yeah something like that yep. before like anybody else did like before the iPhone and stuff but they sat on it and so I think God kind of had a choice in creating people he could have sat on it like he could have said like hey you know I'll just kind of hold on to all of this but you know i think the truly great inventions not that we're operating systems computers or cameras but is there's a level of i'm going to invent this but i'm actually going to give this to people and it hopefully will go in the right direction but sometimes it doesn't and sometimes not going in the right direction you know there's things that computers are used for obviously right now that aren't good but the world's a very different place and I guess as I've been thinking about that question, I've been just kind of, you know, we see this all the time. So, God calls us and He says we're created in His image. So, anytime that you create something, um, I'll, I'll go directly to you for a second. So, <clears throat> you're a health coach. Yep. Well, is that the right term? Registered dietitian. Registered dietitian. Yes. We want to make sure we get that <laughs> out there. So, you're a registered dietitian. Yes. So, <clears throat> what you want to do with your clients is it's not just about eating right and exercising right it's living with this mindset of making healthy choices feeling good about yourself now there's actually some people that you hand them the plan and this might be the rare exception where they overdo it you know where they don't eat as much as they should or they exercise too much and what you're trying to do is set that person in the right direction but even too much of a good thing in their free will, like, and as strong of a leader you as you are, like you're entrusting them to live out almost the way, in a small way, the way God intended them to live. I don't know, push back on me, does that make sense?
2: Yeah, so my question then is, I guess the difference is I don't know the choice that they're going to make mm-hmm. ahead of time, whereas it seems like God does um, and maybe it's one of those things where he's kind of sitting back and he's like yes I know what they're going to do before they do it but it might not be what I you know maybe I had intended for them or, or chose for them you know but that's where it gets confusing right because mm-hmm. it's like if God already knows the choice that we're going to make is it really our choice you know mm-hmm. or it is maybe and he's just not intervening but it almost seems like well can that choice, Change and, and then, you know, do, are there 20 choices that, you know, somebody might choose? And he just knows that these are the 20 choices, you know, available. Um, just curious to hear your thoughts what, on that.
0: What's the big deal about God knowing all and not like, well, you can push back, even assume this, him sometimes intervening, sometimes not. Like, what's the big deal about that? What's really behind all of that?
2: Because then it feels like it's not free will. Or it's not my choice. It seems like God has a hand in that choice, mm. which I want complete control <laughs> of that choice. So, so let, me, let me have some fun
0: with you. So as, as a registered dietitian, yep. you might not know fully that someone's going to make a choice. Right. But I'm sure that there's indicators that you're like, this person's on the right path. And there's other indicators that they're not on the right
2: path. Sure. Yep. But they have a choice at mm. the end of the day. Because you're mm. right. I give them the blueprint and then they're like, okay. At the end of the day, if they want to go off track, they have complete freedom to do so. And I don't know until we check in again, right? I have mm. no idea how things are going to play out. But God does.
0: But when you sense someone getting off track, mm-hmm. do you intervene? or do you wait, or how do you make that
2: choice? Sometimes I don't know, right? They could be right on track when they meet with me, Mm -hmm. and then come, you know, let's say I met with somebody yesterday, right? So yesterday's Friday, they meet with me, everything's going great. And then today, you know, world falls apart for them, something happens and they go completely off track. Mm -hmm. I had no indication, right? You know, maybe they had no indication. Um, You know, some, it's obviously, you know, a little bit more complicated, but if we use the example of, you know, let's say emotional eating, if somebody, you know, has a, you know, tumultuous event that occurs, or like I said, you know, their world turns upside down and it leads them to emotionally eat, they couldn't, maybe they couldn't predict that. They were on track yesterday something stirred up something today and now they're off track but i don't meet with them again until wednesday Mm. you know so i i I don't know
0: but i think what you described is a lot of the way that god works in us How So, so so if if i'm on the wrong track you know there's a continuum of and we see this all throughout the bible i can give you stories in my life there's sometimes that god like shuts a door like I'm on the wrong track, shut it. Yeah. There's other times when I'm on the wrong track and God like, kind of lets me go there. And it's like, okay, this is what you want to do. This is what you wanted. Sometimes there's a neutral space where God actually gives us choice and it could work out. And I think the, the best way to describe like a neutral state, um, my daughter Haley, I said to her, the goal was she needs to get out of the car with her bag for school, and not leave the parking lot. So, what she did was, she grabbed her bag from the front seat, got out of the car, stepped down. She got to where she wanted. It wasn't necessarily the order, but you know, am I going to micromanage that? And then the second one is, you're going down a good path. Sometimes God intervenes more. Sometimes he intervenes less. I don't know, John. Do you want to add any thoughts or?
1: Wow, there's there's a lot here. There's a lot. It's <laughs> such good stuff too. I mean, this is like this is like fifty podcasts in one conversation. So um
0: leave it to Shelby Keyes yeah, to do no, that.
1: No, it's <laughs> so good. I I I'm just trying to figure, okay, where do I enter into this space? 'Cause this is this is really, really rich. And I think you're bringing up something. When you said something about control, it seemed like there was some some kind of almost emotion behind when mm-hmm. you said that. Like Am I right?
2: Yeah. Well, 100% because it's like, you know, as I even listened to Peter describing this. Right. You know, on one hand, you're like, okay, thanks, God, you know, for intervening (laughs) when I'm going down a bad path and shutting a door, you know, but that's limiting my choice, right? Right. I now don't have that choice because Mm. you closed that off to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess, you know, even that's a little bit different than, you know, how much does he intervene? So he's intervening that way, you know, in our choice, but does he control you know, our thought process right. choice. And maybe not, you know, maybe it's, I'm just controlling the surroundings and environment. And so I'm like, okay, yeah. but again, that's that's limiting me in some mm. way, shape or form. I'm right. being limited or intervene. My, li- my life, you are intervening on my life.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, think I understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah. If I could maybe just ask a question with it, Is there anything about that that gives you comfort, though, if you think about that?
2: Yeah, I think in in some way, totally, right? To know that there's somebody potentially, you know, watching out for me, it sounds like definitely, you know, there's that constant battle of, you know, comfort and then going back to, you know, complete independence and and having a choice, you know. Right. Totally. It's like, you know, with your parents. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I don't know how, how I fully feel about that, which is why I'm asking these questions. Yeah, yeah. I think that's
1: good because we, we like as I think about my experience, right, um, it's very similar. Um, and I had that battle inside of me for a long time. Yeah. Like, you know, con- being, like, like, being controlled doesn't feel good. Right. On a human level, right, like, Anytime someone's controlling you, it does. It's not uh, just a happy, joy, joy kind of experience, right? Um, and so, I really had to work through that a lot. Like, if God like knows everything, like, what does that mean for me in right. my life? Um, and is there a good side to that? So, so kind of the 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 there almost is like this in me. There was almost like this anger about that, but then also this weird like hold on but if he's totally good then maybe that's not a horrible thing but I don't know and so I don't know I live with that tension for for and I still
0: do sometimes you know yeah. in a
1: really real way well let's have
0: oh, some okay. fun real quick because yes. then I know you have yeah. more and yeah hey this is gonna be a longer podcast anyway. so yeah. anyways. <laughs> um so like there's like clear things in the Bible And we can call them control or guidelines. Mm -hmm. Like I think some of your clients would say, like, Shelby's trying to control me, and you're like, no, like this is the way your body is designed, unfortunately. But I think there's some clear things in the Bible. It sounds like most of what you struggle with is the stuff that's not in the Bible. Like life situation. So like you kind of say, maybe uh, take mercy, for instance like you wouldn't say God's controlling me to be merciful. You would say like, no, that's, that makes sense for living. Like to be gracious. You talked about being a forgiving person. Yeah. Like it's not like you read a Bible verse and say, God's controlling me to be a forgiving person. You would say, oh, like this is a way to live. Like it's most of the stuff that's not in the Bible, like life situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that where you're at?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, why don't you keep going?
2: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, I think it, it, you know, begs, you know, the question as we talk about this of, you know, why as humans do we even care? Right. Mm. Like, why do I care, you know, so much about complete Independence and control, Mm. right? If God's doing things for my benefit, potentially, um, and that's the ultimate question, which I wrestle with is like, why is this so important to Mm. me? You know, and I think for me, I like knowing that this choice was 100% mine. Mm. And I don't know why yet. I don't know Mm. why that gives me comfort and why it angers me if I have to question, like, oh, maybe this choice, you know, wasn't 100% percent, you know, mine, um, you know, maybe it was God's plan all along and some people can accept that. Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, I just, I just battle with it. Right. There's something that feels good about knowing that you were able to make a choice 100% yours potentially, Mm. but was it hundred percent yours? I don't know. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Right. Oh man. Such good stuff. there. (laughs) It really is. It really is. I just want to keep on asking you questions about that, but like, like even with you and Adam, right. Yep. Yeah. Like, like, okay. Did did he do things for you that made you feel like I want to marry this guy?
2: Yes.
0: Oh, this is a great story. <laughs> Tell, <laughs> give, give everybody a little story of how you and Adam got together and got married.
2: Oh, yeah. do we have time on this podcast? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> for, I'm just, I'm my, just, yeah. No, my my uh my marriage story. Um. No, so, so yeah, Adam and I met in college. Um, so again, yeah, maybe God placed him in my life, um, you know, possibly, right? It was, it was very you know, serendipitous, we could say. Yeah. He was placed in my life, we met, we had a bunch of friends that knew each other. Um, and initially, I, I was not attracted to Adam whatsoever, was not looking for a partner. You know, I, I, being a control freak, I was very much like, you know, God, I am never going to get married. This is my my plan, my life course. Um, but Adam, you know, yes, did things that impressed me. And mm. I, you know, slowly started to open up and, and choose him and yeah. and love him. And I was like, yeah, I, I do think I want to, you know, marry this man. But again, maybe that was God playing with my brain, you know, uh, <laughs> neurology, you know, yeah. <laughs> who knows, but, um, yeah, so we, we got married, and we've been married for almost seven years now, known each other for about 10 years. So, yeah. it, you know, and it's a great topic because, it, yeah, it is one of those things. Like, how much did, did I choose Adam, or did God choose, ironically, his name being Adam, Adam for me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, so, yeah, even that story, right, I, I resonate with on a couple of different different levels because you know I have I, my wife and I have been married for 23 years now it's you know in, in the beginning it was kind of this weird thing I w- almost felt like I was caught up in it but it was the same time in my life you know my mid 20s early mid 20s that God was doing the same thing in my life and it felt eerily the same like I was drawn to God for reasons that I couldn't explain kind of like what you're talking about even with Adam like
2: right.
1: like I didn't want I didn't I didn't want to hang out with Adam at first but all of a sudden I'm around this dude and you know I'm looking at him right now he's a very handsome guy I mean yeah. I could understand why you'd be drawn to him. <laughs> um you know but uh but but I feel like the the same kind of feeling was there for me in both instances it was almost like I was it wasn't a have to. It was like, no, this is amazing. I would actually want this. Um, and it's a weird deal.
2: Magnetic, yeah. It's yeah. Odd magnetic energy can't yeah. be explained. So,
0: I think the Bible resonates way more with you than you think. So how so? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get there. So I'll throw my marriage under the bus instead of either of yours so (laughs) um, Robin would tell you there are seasons that we are more in sync versus not in sync like and this is probably not the right to there's seasons where we love each other really well and there's seasons when we don't love each other really well and you know right now like we're in a beautiful season but we have these Two blessings slash curses called children that you saw before. That you know, I have a four year old and an eighteen month old, and it's kind of like when it gets to eight o'clock at night, most nights I just want to fall asleep, Mm -hmm. but I have to kind of make this choice to invest in that relationship. And what the Bible does is, you know, I say this a lot to our listeners: if you read the Book of Psalms, like you if god was super controlling and insecure like more than half of those prayers wouldn't be in the bible like these are individuals that say god i'm upset with you i'm mad with you you're distant and so as much as things like at the bottom line god does not resolve in the bible free will and his sovereignty so god doesn't resolve that and and i actually think that that's helpful but for the purposes of this podcast, it is confusing. But what we see in the Bible is a more complex view that God's okay with people being mad at him. Like he's big enough like to take it. And even as I was praying for this episode this morning, you know, I was thinking about like, who's the most like, you know, your husband sells real estate and like you've been in business stuff. Um, We've had your dad, Mike Keys on this podcast. Like if I was to ask them like in a meeting, who's the most influential person? A lot of people would actually say the most influential person is the one that has like the most power in the room, so the CEO. Mm -hmm. But if you really think about it, the most influential person in the room is usually the person that feels like they have nothing to lose, and also the person that doesn't feel like they need to control anything. Because sure, I can walk in, Like, you know, John and I can joke about this. Like I, I report to a team called the adult ministries team. So I can go to that team and I can say, I'm the pastor. This is how we do it. Y'all, you know, would that make me the most influential person? No, but where influence comes from, which isn't control, is it comes from to sit and listen, you know, to maybe have a little bit of a direction But then to kind of go from there. So I guess the first half of what I said was the Bible is kind of more empathetic to your situation than sometimes it gets credit. But the second part is I think sometimes we confuse power and influence. Sure, God has the power to do whatever he wants. But do we really want that power and control in our life? Or is it influence that moves us? I don't know. John, Shelby, I just I don't know if I preached a message or went off track or we're going to get notes that I'm a heretic. I don't know. <laughs> Have fun with that.
2: No, I appreciate you sharing that. I think that totally makes sense. And I love that you dissected this important difference between power and influence, right? Cause again, we, we sing about it, you know, God is a mighty powerful God and it's very easy to confuse that with influence. And then of course, influence can trickle over into my choice, right? What is, mm-hmm. what is my choice? Um, And yeah accepting that you know yes it seems like we do my takeaway from this question would be you know we we do have many choices um and and god lets us make that choice but he also you know intervenes for our our benefit it sounds like as well Mm. uh
0: man yeah this episode's gonna be long do you want to go to your next (laughs) question you know we're just we're just gonna go we're gonna roll with this
2: all right all right next question somewhat related um a little controversial okay um but yeah if god knows everything that's going to happen right and and we have a choice now we've kind of established that we have having a choice i'll say we have a choice uh within limits (laughs) i'll stick to that um but if god knows everything that's going to happen to us um and with everything going on you know in the world um and again I, i go back to you know i have a choice I I've understood that, you know, I can now choose in in today's day and age to not have kids. I can take matters I like I said I'm a control person. I can take matters into my own hands and choose now not to have kids. You know, whether or not that's that's God's plan for me, I don't know, right? I my reproductive rights, I can change things. And I'm curious because I've never been taught this or nowhere you know, is it clear to me in the Bible um, how God feels? You know, when we alter, you know, our anatomy to potentially, you know, not reproduce and and fill the earth. And and I even threw a verse in here because he said, yeah. you know, um, in Genesis, God created man. He blessed them and said, "Be fruitful and mm-hmm. multiply and fill the earth." And even in the Christian community, you see people. Um, you said you have kids. You know, who have kids and then decide to have, let's say, you know, a vasectomy or have their tubes tied. So, curious. That is the
0: first time that that word's been used on this podcast. Vasectomy? Vasectomy. Yeah, it's been used Woo-hoo. five
1: times now, so that's great. I love it. It's <laughs> no, that's
0: awesome.
1: No, that's a really good question, actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, before we go into that, um, whatever you're comfortable with, what's your personal- Nothing's
2: sp- off the table, Peter. Oh,
0: I <laughs> obviously you're you're a woman yep um so this is very but what what's kind of your background with wrestling with this question like what's your story with that
2: yeah well i uh, personally and i'm very comfortable sharing never saw myself having children um you know my husband and i we decided to freeze our embryos so we have and again that's a whole other controversial topic right we have we have fertilized embryos that are frozen um but yeah, as I, you know, approach what would be called a, a geriatric, and you know, it's wild to think about this, a geriatric age for pregnancy, um, you know, it's it's something to consider. And I think also as, you know, a female and a married female, you have to think that's a lot of stress and worry to carry anytime you engage in an intimate act with your significant other, that possibility of potentially getting pregnant, and having something that you don't want. And some people might say, well, you know, it's God's plan, accept it, blah, blah, blah. But again, even within the Christian community, and, and we might be going down a whole other road, you see women who, you know, take birth control in, to limit and alter potentially the plan that God has for them. So. Yeah.
0: Who who wants to go first? I, I Sorry, don't Sorry, I know it's
2: a loaded, yeah. Yeah, complicated that a, question. It is a very loaded, yeah, yeah.
1: complicated question. and And, but I think coming from as you talk coming from uh a a point of genuine curiosity and genuine care and and something that i wouldn't want to trample on at all you know um and i believe you know as two guys sitting here uh, it would be easy for me to to just give you a pat answer and then just say okay now now deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't have to deal with it in the same way that you would have to deal with it. Right. 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 And and unfortunately, kind of the subtext uh, in a lot of Christian cultures over the years has been that. Let me just say that.
2: Yeah. You know,
1: and admit to that, that um, in a lot of places, women have been dismissed and they're they haven't been given a platform when they've brought these questions forward to say like, is this legit? Is this not legit? Um, they've just given pat answers and said, just deal with it. Right. So, um, but I do want to kind of address it a little bit with you just to sure. go, okay, here's a, here's some perspective maybe. Cause you asked the question. Um, you know, I think uh, the, the verse that you use is kind of a verse that people have used to say you should have as many kids as you can and fill the planet with them. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, at the basis. Um, I don't necessarily think that's everything that that entails. Um, it, it has an aspect of having kids in, to it, but that's not really the heart behind it. The, the overall heart is God spreading, saying God, God saying to Adam and Eve, here's my mandate for you. I've given you this little garden that is everything that it's supposed to be, and I want you to expand that garden to cover the whole face of the earth so that everything that i've created now is essentially like one big garden that's supposed to be like i've created it to be so i want you to spread out i want you to continue to cultivate and just fill the whole earth with Mm -hmm. this um so it's actually much deeper much much deeper than having kids so there are people who can't have kids right Mm. and can still fulfill this mandate you can totally. still be single. You could be single, um, never have a romantic relationship, and still fulfill that mandate that God gives. So it's much deeper than having kids. And I think it's kind of a shallow way to to view that passage when you just say this is about having kids. Have your kids now. Um, so now that doesn't mean that kids are not a blessing too. Uh, they can be. But anybody who's had kids knows holy cow, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is like teaching me a lot about life, but it's also sapping my soul in the process. So, so it's beyond just like, um, yeah, just, just do it because God says be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. There's a, there's a whole nother set of things there.
2: That sure. With that. No, and that makes sense, you know, to me, cause of course, you know, again, growing up in the church, I remember them saying, you know, go out and and find disciples, right? He wants a relationship with as many people as possible. But I think going back to the heart of the question, it's like, yeah, yeah, how does God feel about us, you know, verse aside, controlling our, you know, ability to reproduce in some Mm -hmm. way, shape or form, men and and women. Yeah, that's legit.
0: I don't think we're always, you know, the title of this, why does God want us to be curious? you know, John and I just did, like, an episode that, like, I bore my soul and I'm, like, still processing. And so this guy named Matt Tebby, like, I gave him a very simple scenario. Like, I get really frustrated when we're about to leave the house and my wife and two daughters, like, need water. Like, we don't live in the Gobi Desert. We live in Rochester. A lot of times you could actually take your cup and it will rain and fill it. So, anyways, that's a whole nother but what Matt did was he pushed six or seven whys. Why is that important? Why is that important? And I think if I was talking to, and we are talking to a lot of 20s or 30-somethings, mm-hmm. what is it really about of the hesitation to have kids or even the pressure um, to not have kids? Because I, I think what, a lot of what John's saying is, is we don't go – six or seven questions why Mm -hmm. um you know because some of my concern is yeah it's really hard to be a parent but your life changes and there are people that are called to not have kids and i actually think the bible again does a really good job you know there's elizabeth in the bible who's actually barren until she has a kid when she's like in her 50s or 60s like really late Abraham Mm -hmm. and uh, Rebecca, and then there's Anna who shows up in the book of Luke and meets Jesus, never gets married, never has kids, and you can see these, like, God is actually more comfortable, I wouldn't say the ambiguity, but God is actually more comfortable with single people, with barren people, with um, people that struggle with infertility, Mm -hmm. than most people are, because they're in the story, and it's there, so I think sometimes we're not curious because my concern with my concern with the question about having kids is not a matter of you having kids or not. Um, and I'm thinking of our listeners. It's why why are you scared to have kids? Why are you delaying to have kids? Because I go back to what John said. The verse I actually just preached on it. Um, it was John's fault. So he's like, "Here's your <laughs> passage. you are preaching on this." And the Bible has this idea, the he, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And shalom is not just a peace that's without conflict, it's actually a wholeness to life. And I think when we begin to weigh ourselves, um, I'm not actually saying this for you, but I'm gonna bring up this scenario because I've had a lot of these conversations, is sometimes I'm listening to someone talk about their career And they're like I'm gonna prolong having kids and they're like I want to get to a place you know I want to invest all in my career I actually think the biggest curse in your life is not um, is not missing out on your dream it's actually getting your dream and realizing it's not as great as you thought so um, believe it or not I dreamed of playing basketball for the NBA (laughs) And I've kind of played that scenario out in my head. Like, what would have happened if I wasn't 5'7", if I was faster, if I could dunk, if I was 6'6"? And maybe it would have been awesome, but I've talked to enough athletes that, you know, by the time you're 35, like, I mean, I'm 36 years old. I don't move like I used to. I'm probably more fit. Like, I go to the gym. I eat relatively healthy. I'm afraid to tell you what I eat. But anyways, that's a whole nother topic. But, you know, I look at that and I'm like, if I really got what I wanted, would I really be that happy? And I think that that's kind of the question with kids is looking at our life. How did God create us? What do we really want? And And it's challenging. Like, I'm struggling how to talk about this because I think that people have good reasons to wait to have kids but i also feel like people aren't necessarily digging deeper to what is my resistance to this does that make
2: sense yeah no it makes sense and and i'll push back a little bit of course because my question is it's purely just a curious Mm -hmm. one of you know and i'm i just want to know how does god feel about maybe the christian men and it could be the christian men here at browncroft having a vasectomy maybe after they've had kids you know i have yeah. many relatives christian relatives who are like i don't want this you know i've, I've you know had three kids and i'm and, you know even pastors and what i'm hearing from you is like, like well you know if god's calling because i remember the stories of abraham blah 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 if god's calling is for you not to have kids then guess what just go have all the unprotected sex in the world and you won't have kids if that's god's <laughs> calling but At the time the Bible was written, you know, these services, surgeries were not available. And now people, the reality is people are taking advantage of that. So it's like, I just want to know how God feels about that. Right? This is a good question. uh...
1: This is a very good question and a very... Let's, let's just admit this isn't talked about very much. Okay? No, it's
2: not. It, then, and, <laughs> so I appreciate and, you and guys. This is a very
1: good question. And I'm going to be very vulnerable because this is a vulnerable space. <laughs> Pete knows that this is, this is my style. Okay. Yep. So I have gone through this exact scenario that you're talking about here. So I had two kids. My wife and I said we want to have at least two kids, maybe four. We ended up having two kids. We're like, they have the personalities of eight, so we're going to. <laughs> we, we need to know. And so I actually sought like some advice from people who were down the road from me that I respected. Who I said, these people seem to be kind of kind of like godly dudes, and yet they are you know real about life. And I just pose the question to them like what do i do right. what do i do and uh you know I had some really great conversations um for all the viewers at home i've had a vasectomy okay so i just there we go i admitted it thank in you front for of, sharing yeah yeah tweet that yeah <laughs> i had a vasectomy but, yes, john yeah. <laughs> that might be the most uh you know profound thing i've ever said on this podcast so, um,
2: you're welcome but yeah yeah but
1: that's where I came. I, I came to the conclusion through a lot of talking with people that I trusted, through like my own reading. I was like, I don't think this is morally wrong for me to do. And my wife and I have to make a decision about this for our marriage in the context of our marriage, and for us that was available to us. Mm-hmm. It's not available to everybody. But we said, uh, this is what we feel like is the right choice for us. And we made that
0: choice you know so, so. just to jump it i went like to the other side i'll come to the vasectomy side um so to speak i haven't had a vasectomy yet so okay. i'll just I, okay i figured if you're real you yeah, know you might that's as well. good so number one the bible is written for us not to us so i i think sometimes we get confused with that so the bible was written in a specific time and specific place you know be you know 80 33 you know around when Jesus was alive so there's certain things that happen that the bible doesn't speak directly to so there's certain things now in our culture that you know the bible's very much is. so like for instance the bible's against gossip all right so it doesn't take long to go to social media and if someone subtweets someone like that's gossip that's wrong it's it's not necessarily me going behind their back but it's there's a very clear line there's other things like vasectomies that I would place um, in Romans 14. Now, I'm gonna get a little nerdy with you again, but one of the hugest issues in the early church was eating meat offered to idols. So, if you re- you can read Acts. So, at first, like the apostles said, "Don't eat meat offered to idols," like, and their whole point was they're not associated, they're not good. Then you go forward, and it's like, well, you can meet eat meat offered to idols, but if it offends someone, like just eat the meat in private. And then it kind of like all of a sudden transforms. Hey, it's okay to eat meat offered to idols. I use that example because I think sometimes we miss, and this isn't every issue, but I would put vasectomies in this issue, I'd even put eggs in this issue, where there's a matter of conscience, and it goes back to what I originally said on the first end. Why are you getting a vasectomy? Why, you know, why are you doing this? Where I think God gives us some freedoms, but ultimately there's people that have conscience with this. So, you know, on the other hand, you know, there's people that, you know, they have 10 to 12 kids. God bless them. I'm not gonna do that. as far I, as you know. As far as I know. you could, um, good. Uh, Robin. Uh, anyways, <laughs> but I also know people, and this is kind of the control factor, that have had vasectomies, and then they have had children. Like, it's not out of the question. And so I, I think sometimes we get so focused on these issues that, like, we see in the Bible kind of some pathways. You know, there's certain things that don't change, but there's also certain things that, like you know if i was to talk to someone about meat offered to idols it's like a huge deal and i actually think vasectomies there there are people that for conscience sake they don't do that we can get really deep here they might not be comfortable with vasectomies but they're happy to put on condoms that's a whole nother topic but we're just getting real here so
2: it's like how do you know what is morally right or acceptable right like you you and your wife decided that this did feel morally right how mm -hmm. how did did you know right the way that god that calls really yeah. to us is very different yeah, or seems totally. very different today than it did in the bible right like people right. according to the bible you know and again this is what they wrote was they would right. literally hear like voices or callings and right. you know some people say you know i have this really strong emotion this is what you know i was made to do mm-hmm. um yeah it's like how how do you know you know that's this is really this is the good. right yeah that's a really good
1: <laughs> question that's a really good one oh yeah so so how do you know on some of these issues that aren't
2: clear-cut clear-cut
1: yeah. how do you know um i think that's so so good so i i would say i can tell you how i walk through the process um and i this isn't just about this issue this is about every issue that's kind of related to this is first of all i look you know kind of have an understanding of the bible i go is there anything in there that would tell me this is not a good i like absolutely not don't do it like and then I got to be straight up and go like okay well like if it says you know this is definitely wrong then I got to be honest and go okay well then I know my answer there Mm -hmm. but a lot of the stuff isn't a definitely wrong kind of thing so so then I my, my kind of phase two is I go to people who I respect who I trust who I think are listening to God in their lives and I go here's my problem I want you to give me your honest answer. You know me. You know my heart. Here's what I'm going through. Um, And then I let them talk to me. And I stay open. Uh, Because I think one of the temptations that I have is to be like, I know the answer. I want you to give me. Just give me my answer. (laughs) Right. And then I stay open and I listen. And um, I think there's such value. In our society, we're so individualistic that we separate like like our spiritual life, we compartmentalize it as just us and God. That's it. Um, and I think that's, you know, to our own harm when we do that because there's other people in our life for a reason. So, so that's been super valuable to me. And then, and then I think just taking the time to really go to God with it and say, God, here's where I'm at. Like, I don't know the way you want to direct me in this, But this is really what I'm feeling about this. If you if you want to shape this in another way, can you tell me Mm -hmm. some way? The beautiful part about God is he isn't trying to trick you, mm. <laughs> like, and I I have to tell this to people all the time because I really, really, honestly believe this. This has showed up in my life so many times. Like, he isn't trying to go like Shelby. I want to like put you through this horrible test that I. If you ask me what you want me to do, I'm just gonna trick you until <laughs> you know. He's like, no, of course. Right you're, you know, you're a daughter. Of course, I want to, of course, I want to tell you what I want you to do, you know, of course. Um, and so to kind of re- remain open to him telling me what he wants me to do too. So I would say all of that together kind of helps me form a way forward for me. Does that, is that get the,
2: no, it, it doesn't. I guess going off of that question for both of you is have either of you had an experience, and I'm sure you have, where the calling from God was so clear and and great um, that you, you felt it. And if so, w- what did that feel like? Just mm. curious about your experience with God, you know, when you were like, you called mm. upon him yeah. in a situation that you're like, I remember this time, this is, you know, the most prominent, um, or maybe most recent. And this is what it felt like, you know, cause it can be, I think, confusing, especially as a new follower, you know, mm-hmm. again, I've grown, grown up in the church, but trying to, you know, get that relationship back. So I would consider myself a new follower. Yeah, um, It's confusing as to like, does God want me to do this? And maybe it's my own, you know, self-doubt, you know, it's funny, I want a choice, but of course yeah. we constantly question that choice. But I wonder if there's ever been a choice you've made that it was very evident that like, this is what God wants for me and I know it. And this is, this is how I know it.
0: Mm. Sure. Um, Yeah, I just kind of jumped in. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So, you know, when I met Robin, you know, I'm looking at your mom that's here, like your mom was like the first one to know, like your mom is like so intuitive. She's like, Robin, you're dating someone, you know, and she just knew. So, Robin and I were dating long distance and, you know, we've had my wife on, she's super gracious, but there was a moment that she said, someone's moving and it's not me and I was living in Philadelphia. And people ask me, like, was it hard to get married? Was it hard to get engaged? But there was a point after much prayer. It's like, I'm moving to Rochester and I'm marrying Robin. And it was a lot of work. So um, the institution I worked for, Valley Forge, during the summer, a lot of colleges do this. Like, you know, they had half-day Fridays. So there was a span of like four or five months that I was driving pretty much every other weekend to find a job here. And it didn't seem like God was opening any doors. And like, you know, I was like on LinkedIn, I w- and I was trying to find a job. I was meeting with anybody. And like I think, and this this isn't always how God works, but I was so career focused that for me to move to Rochester, and be like, yeah, I'll work an office job, was so, like, like people would be like, what? Like, what do you, like, sure, I'll marry Robin, and if this is what you want me to do, like, I'll work, you know, just outside of church. And so, I found a job here. You know, it. I realized that higher education wasn't for me. I sold cell phones for a little bit. And I knew, and still to this day, like, I feel so committed to Rochester. Like, I feel so committed to this church. Like, and I go back, and I felt like God has spoken to that. Now, I always caveat that with, I don't know what God has for the future, but, like, I was pretty sure that God had me go to Rochester. There was 24 hours when I was dating Robin that, I wouldn't say we broke up, but, like, I was interviewing for a job at Valley Forge. Didn't get the job, but, like, One night we were FaceTiming, like we know each other, um, like we know our anniversary based on the fact that we got our first uh, smartphones when we started dating, we were FaceTiming. And I'll remember the first time I talked with her, she's like, I could move to Philadelphia. And literally the next night she's like, I can't do it. And I had to deal with some of the emotions in me, like you're asking me to move all the way to Rochester and you're not willing to move for me. But I I dealt with those and I lived committed to it because I believed this is the right thing. Did did I fully know if it's the right thing? Does sometimes Browncroft question if it's the right thing? Does John question? <laughs> I don't know. But like I just felt it's the right. and even in this season, like you know, I look at some of the experiences that I had. I I grew up with a pastor who stayed for twenty two years, and. I'm even looking at now, I'm going on year eight, that there's conversations and things that I can have that I couldn't have somewhere else. So I, I guess when I look at God speaking, that whole season of trying to find a job was super difficult. Like, I didn't know how I was gonna do that. And, you know, there's some crazy people named Mike and Tammy Keys that like, <laughs> you can live with us for a year. And I don't know how they feel about the way. Hey, no, love your parents. So anyways, um, that's my story. What about yours?
1: Man, I, I mean, there's a bunch, um, some of the big moments in life. But um, as I'm just sitting here thinking about it, I'm just like, where is it? Uh, and I kind of feel like the moments of desperation mm. are where God meets me. And I when I have to have him show up, if that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, I remember when my son was... I think in sixth or seventh grade, and uh, my wife called me and said uh, the school just called. He's having a panic attack, mm. and um, I didn't know what to do. She's like, I, "I have this other thing. I have to be at. I, I, I can you go pick him up?" And I was like, "Sure." So I left what I was doing. I went to the school, and um, I'm, the whole drive, I'm like, "God." what do I do? What do I do? Like, I'm so I'm out of my league here. I don't know what in the world to do. And, uh, and so I pull into the parking lot, I get into the parking space. I'm still like struggling. Like, what do I do? And I just have this sense of give him a hug, give him a hug. And I don't know where that came from. I, I, I trust is because God was just telling me in the moment he knew what I needed. And, and It wasn't an audible voice or anything, but that's just what I felt. And I walked into the school and I, I see him sitting at a table in the nurse's office, um, and he's kind of got his lunch out and I'm almost getting like emotional, just talking about it. But, um, you know, feeling kind of ashamed and alone and I just walked up to him and I just gave him a hug and, um, it was like, he just melted in my arms. When I gave him a hug and it was like, like he was experiencing the shame or this, this burden that he was carrying around and all he really needed was his dad to give him a hug. And, um, and so when I think about the moments in my life that, you know, there's been big moments, but that doesn't show up on a, Mm. on a flashy thing or something like that. But, um, it was a, it was a moment of desperation that I needed God to tell me what to do. And I really felt like he he showed up um, and told me what to do in that moment. Mm. Um, so yeah,
2: no. Yeah. Thank you both for sharing. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. How about you? Have you ever felt that? Yeah.
2: You know, it's it's definitely a tough question to answer because I think for the longest time, to be honest, I wasn't paying attention or or looking for it. You know the the only instance for me where i can say you know vividly i I actively recall you know feeling this way and i was like this has to be god was was probably on my wedding day um i had bronchitis i was sick i had lost Uh, all this weight two weeks before i had to order a new wedding dress because they had botched my wedding dress it didn't fit like Everything was falling apart, but I'll never forget. And things went wrong on on the day, like we we ran out of alcohol. Like who runs out of alcohol at a wedding? Um, well, well Jesus, appara- apparently, yeah. You know, Jesus, yeah, and, Jesus and, stepped and, in in that one. So, yeah. yeah. Um. It, Michael Key stepped in and, <laughs> and, and found a way to provide more booze. I mean, you know, maybe it's the guests we invited, but that's a different story. Um. So Jesus likes wine. You yeah. know, that's always a plus. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I just remember having this like exceptional sense of calm and peace hmm. that i couldn't describe like like i said things went wrong and it was just like okay i was like i'm never this go with the flow and chill um and it was just yeah this wild sense of like nothing can shake me wow. or rock me um you know we ended up there were issues with the buses we ended up taking uh my mom's lexus back but it was like okay everything yeah. was just like wow. you just felt like you were just Floating, um, mm. and it, and it wasn't the alcohol. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that's the, you know, the only instance I can think of and recall where I was like, this has to be, wow, you know, a godly presence here, blessing this day and present on this day. Wow. Um, but I'll definitely be be looking for because I think you both touch upon you know really important points that it doesn't have to be this big, shiny light shone right. down from heaven. You know, it's so evident. It sounds like you know sometimes there are these moments of doubt that are present, and that's yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. And it can be in these simple moments yeah. as well. You know, it doesn't have to be, I mean, certainly it can be in, in moments of desperation, but it doesn't have to be, Oh, I hit rock bottom and, mm-hmm. and God, you know, show me your light. Um, and, and sometimes there are these underlying emotions of, of I, I don't know if this is the right decision, but I'm feeling like it is. Yeah. I'm feeling like you're telling me like it is and that's okay too. But just to kind yeah. of be present and call upon God, um, and, and pay attention to, yeah. and be aware.
1: Mm. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's so good. I think you're just bringing up something that's super key in this whole thing, you know. It may be a great way to, I don't know, wrap up or whatever. But um, as I think about a lot of the misconceptions that are there with with the Christian faith, sometimes people talk about um, faith and doubt as total opposites. Like, you can't have any doubts if you have faith. And that's right. just... The furthest thing from the truth in reality, like our faith like goes hand in hand with doubts. Like these things are a tension that we live in all the time. Um, you know, I think if you talk with anybody who's who's walked with Jesus for a long time, they would admit, Hey, I've had a lot of seasons of doubt in my life where mm-hmm. I didn't know when this was how this was gonna work out, how this was gonna God was gonna show up. And um sometimes God uses those doubts to actually produce the deepest faith in us, um, which is anti, you know, what we're taught a lot of times, but a lot of times I've seen it, it show up as true in my life. So,
0: yeah. Well, we're going to close the same way we always do. So the neat thing is John and I are going to answer this question, but you get to kind of close. You get the final word.
2: Oh, lucky me. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: so... So what does Jesus have to say about this topic? You know why does God want us to be curious? Um you or me? You, you tell me. Are you? Well, yeah, no, yeah, go for it. Go, go for, for it? it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. You
1: have probably put a lot of thought into this. I'm just I'm just sitting here soaking up the moment.
0: I I podcast like my Italian mother makes sauce. Yeah. Like you just got to feel it out. Right. You know, so you get that, you know, a little garlic here, a little mm-hmm. basil there. So No, Uh, Shelby, you've challenged me because I I think what Jesus does in the Bible is he's not afraid of questions. So like even the church, we were having a pre-conversation, the church that you're going to in Portland, one of the reasons you're drawn to that church is they're not afraid of the questions. And one of the reasons we have this podcast is we're not afraid of the questions. And, you know, I'm probably going to be leaving this conversation. Did I answer that Right but a lot of times I, I think what Jesus is doing is he's challenging us to be way more curious and to ask the deeper questions. Cause a lot of the times these surface issues, um, they're surface issues. There's a whole nother stuff underneath. And I, I think Jesus wants us to be curious. Um, you know, there's a scene in the Bible that kind of makes me think of you, um, you know, in, in a good way. So there's this woman that, that she's a Gentile and she has this daughter that's sick. And Jesus, like, basically, she's like, can you heal my daughter? And he's like, he basically calls, you know, says, like, why would I do anything for dogs? Like, that's kind of his terminology. And the woman looks back at him and she's like, even the crumbs the dog eats, like, it's such a Shelby moment. Mm Because, like, I could just see you being like, oh, we're going to play this game. (laughs) And Jesus is like, I've never seen that much faith. And I, I just think that there's a raw authenticness that we don't always talk about, that it's not clean and it's not neat. And probably some of our listeners are going to be like, you know, you didn't really answer some of the questions because that's kind of the way faith is. It's this tension of faith and doubt and wondering where God is. So I don't know. That's the way, that's why I'm leaving it with. Go ahead, John. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just appreciate you being here, Shelby, and bringing the, the genuineness of your soul, not just the genuineness of your questions. Um, You know, why does God want us curious? I just think of Jesus' invitation to the kids mm. when I hear this, when I think about this question. And he says the kingdom of heaven, like the, the disciples are trying to get the kids away from Jesus. And he says, no, don't put the kids away because the kingdom of heaven is like these little kids. And I think what he's talking about there is the nature that kids bring with them of, of faith combined with a genuine curiosity. Mm. Like there's both. Like, well, why? And, and you, you, if, you, if you talk with kids for any length of time, it's always why this and why that? And Jesus isn't afraid of that. Jesus is not afraid at all of that. And yet those questions sometimes lead to a deeper trust and a deeper faith. And um, that's what I want to be true of my life is just that I continue to ask those questions and continue to be curious with the people around me and even with God, too. And hopefully that will grow my faith over time, too. Mm. So, yeah, thanks for, for even inspiring me as I sit here today. It's great to engage in this stuff with you.
2: Yeah, no, you, likewise, Thank you. get you. the final
0: word. Yeah, what do you think?
2: Oh, no, final word, this has been just great. It, it's so nice that you guys offer this space to ask questions because I think you touched upon a really good point, John, that it deepens that trust, right? You know, I am obviously trusting God mm. to speak through both of you and, and coming from a place where, again, there has been some of that church hurt, it's mm. nice to have a space where our listeners, you know, can listen to these questions and have you guys be totally transparent <laughs> and very vulnerable and, and, and open and honest. Um, and, you know, speaking to honesty, one thing I know we were talking about in the beginning is that sometimes we won't have all of the mm-hmm. answers, right? The Bible might not have all of the answers given how we've evolved and, and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. That's where faith comes comes into play um, and, and trust for sure, you know, and, and the Bible does a great job giving us this guidance at the end of the day, which you guys have both given to me, which I appreciate. And, and I think you both did an incredible job answering the questions, you know, as best as you could given God's word and what he's given to you. So thank you.
0: Well, hey, you can find us at why why com. Click the subscribe button. Shelby, do you want anybody to follow you online or we usually...
2: Uh, they, they can, if they want, uh, I, I, but they certainly don't have to, I I have an Instagram handle. It's just fit and balanced RD. Um, but, but that's it. Yeah. All right. Ah,
1: nice. They should go to you for dietitian advice. I'm going to go to you for dietitian advice right after this. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyways, thanks
0: for joining us today. We hope you have a, a great day.